bringing you news from LaPorte to Lagrange counties and Interstate 94 to US 24. This is Newsbeat Machina, your podcast of news and community information. Good evening, everyone. It's Newsbeat Michiana with your friend Rachel Gill. Thursday, August 18th. It was a really nice day today, and I tell you what, work went so fast, and that was a bonus for me. I'm excited for the weekend coming up with Stronger Than Addictions event. I can't wait to get out there and got my shirts ready, and or we bought our shirts today um, that we're going to make for my own podcast so I can promote it while I'm there. And um, our news manager, Keith Hughes, was out at Martin's Grocery Store yesterday and has some audio of some violin. Beautiful, beautiful music. So let's get right into it and check it out. And welcome, everybody. Happy Thursday to you. You're listening to Newsbeat Michiana. Yesterday, I got a chance to go down to Martin's Grocery Store. Mayor Rod Roberson got a chance to dedicate the little town hall, town circle, as the Mary Olson Park. And every couple of weeks, the park comes alive with musicians and community representatives, all for a great cause and a great outreach from the city of Elkhart. And so yesterday, I took part in visiting that event, and there was a great performance by a group out of South Carolina, the Synergy Twins. And these two gentlemen are brothers from South Carolina and put on a fabulous performance um, while everybody was having a great time. I also got a chance to interview Chris from Ryan's Place and Caitlin from CASA, part of Child and Parent Services, or CAPS, formerly known as Child Abuse Perform- or Prevention Services. Unfortunately, signals in that area um, are not the best, and both interviews had to be rescheduled, redone um, in the coming days. So look forward to the interview with CASA and with Ryan's Place. I plan on speaking to Chris on Wednesday, so get ready for that. It is a great um, community organization, as is CASA for Elkhart County, and they are looking for volunteers. Um, And that is through Child and Parent Services on Hively. So we'll be rescheduling those interviews. But can't reschedule a great performance, so let's turn things over to one of the songs by the Synergy Twins. Here they go.
Daily Yonder and Public News Service, this is the news from rural America. With primary season winding down, focus turns to November's midterms. One Missouri candidate believes the overturning of Roe v. Wade by the Supreme Court played a role in her primary victory. How much the battle over abortion rights affects who wins is determined by a lot of factors. Currently, only 31% of state legislators are women, and most squeeze campaigning around their regular jobs. I've got like four amazing employees, but I am the one running the day-to-day. Missouri small bakery owner Kristen Radiker Schaefer is a 7th Congressional District Democrat on the fall ballot in Deep Red, Missouri, a district that has not elected a Democrat in 62 years. Committed to overcoming stereotypes, the 34-year-old believes her age and approach may appeal to some voters. I've received a lot of positive feedback from people that are not super politically engaged because they're just tired of the toxic environment of politics right now. The ongoing loss of local journalism means more than two newspapers disappear each week. One Texas small-town publisher is looking for someone to continue her family's legacy. Yasmin Sadi has more. Laurie Brown's family has run the local paper in Canadian Texas for 75 years. Serving 2,400 residents, she became the editor, publisher, writer, and photographer of the Canadian record when her father passed. Now ready to retire, she faces unexpected challenges in finding a successor. Not enough people want to get into this profession, and maybe we need to do a better job of telling them what a great profession this is. After months of unsuccessful efforts, including meeting with publishing groups, training younger journalists, and recruitment outreach, Brown still has hope. She's working with a local economic development group. Every week I go through this thing where I think, what's going to happen if nobody's doing this? Every little thing about the newspaper that we do, what's going to happen if nobody does this? I'm Yasmin Sadi. Aging and transitions can take a serious toll. A recent study found that 45% of farmer and rancher suicides in the past 15 years were committed by people aged 65 and older. Compared to other occupations, this group has a higher rate of suicide. Here's Josie Rodolfi at the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign. They maybe have recently retired from farming. Perhaps they're not entirely sure what to do now. The National Institute of Food and Agriculture has invested $25 million in a network to connect farmers and ranchers to mental health resources, says the program's Brent Elrod. We've heard anecdotally for years in rural, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. That's all well and good, but you want to make sure that you're getting pulled up to a place where you're able to help somebody else. For the Daily Yonder and Public News Service, I'm Roz Brown. For more rural stories, visit dailyyonder.com. And from our famous birthdays today, one memorable, Patrick Swayze. He passed away from pancreatic cancer. Rest his soul. I had a crush on him when he was in Dirty Dancing. (laughs) I think a lot of girls did. Christian Slater, 52 today. Ah, Edward Norton, 52. He's a good actor. And happy birthday to everybody else. Not much birthdays to mention or I don't know who they are the majority of them and the most important was Patrick Swayze anyways happy birthday
Workers in Michigan won major victories recently as a minimum wage increase and employer-paid sick time program were reinstated by court order. In 2018, petitioners succeeded in placing a minimum wage increase along with an earned sick time provision on the November ballot. In turn, the Michigan legislature passed the measures in September to avoid a vote on the referendums. Then, in a lame duck session in December, the legislature amended the bills, delaying the wage increase and denying the full hourly rate to tipped workers. Workers. The sick time provision was also changed. Last month, the Michigan Court of Claims judge ruled that amending the original bills was a violation of the state constitution, and the $12 minimum wage will now be instituted in February. Dr. Alicia Renee Ferris with Restaurant Opportunity Centers United helped organize the ballot initiative and is calling this a victory for Michigan workers. This is really a victory for 685 thousand Michiganders that do not make $12 an hour. So we see that as very important, particularly for low-wage restaurant workers. The minimum wage for tipped employees is set to gradually increase to $12 per hour by 2024. After Judge Douglas Shapiro declared the adopt and amend legislative maneuver unconstitutional, the state of Michigan asked for a stay pending appeal. Shapiro denied the request but did delay implementation until next February 19th. Mark Brewer, the attorney representing the plaintiff says the delay is due to the scale of the coming changes. This is a massive change. The paid sick time affects every employer in the state. Minimum wage obviously affects many employers and hundreds of thousands of employees. So the court said, look, you can have a few months to make a transition here to fully implement these laws. Litigation over the matter has not ended with the Court of Claims ruling, since the state of Michigan will next take its case to the Michigan Court of Appeals. Brewer says the appeals court has agreed to speed things up. We did get some good news in just the last 24 hours. The Court of Appeals has agreed to expedite our appeal, and so we're hopeful to have oral argument in the Court of Appeals this fall, which would mean a decision early next year. Upon implementation, the minimum wage will be indexed to inflation, with adjustments made annually so long as the state unemployment rate remains below 8.5%. For Michigan News Connection, I'm Brett Pivato. Find our eight trust indicators to support transparency and accuracy at publicnewsservice.org. A 10-year-old new believer helps a mission team lead dozens of others to Christ. This is Truth Itself. A 10-year-old Native American boy who came to faith in Christ earlier this month in Montana has inspired a mission team from Jonesboro's First Baptist Church with his enthusiasm for reaching others with the gospel. The boy they knew as Billy was one of 33 people who were led to Christ at the Fort Belknap Reservation during the team's visit. Delaney Gossert dabbed tears during a church gathering last Wednesday as she talked about Billy's contagious enthusiasm for serving Creator Sets Free. That's his tribe's translation for Jesus. Gossard said, as soon as he came to faith, he said he was going to work with us. To see a little 10-year-old boy with a work ethic he had, it was one of the most incredible things I've ever watched. Richie Howard, who serves on the Jonesboro, Georgia Church's mission staff, said the six-day trip was life-changing, not just for Billy, but for 28 other children and four adults who made professions of faith. Under tribal law, members of the mission team were not permitted to approach people to initiate gospel conversations, but they could answer questions when people asked. To prompt such questions, they placed evangicubes on a table. When people asked about the small, colorful cube, team members would use it to share the salvation story. The cube opens to show a series of pictures that illustrate the gospel, including one of Jesus dying on the cross.
Timothy Kroll from the Helios Project says the goal this year is to train 3,000 untrained pastors around the world who have absolutely no Bible or theology training due to the fact they can't afford it. He said, we know where they are. We have a network in place ready to put training in their hands, but we need your help and prayers to reach this goal. At trainapastor.com, you can give $50 and train one pastor. That's trainapastor.com. You can see these stories and more on our website, truthitself.com. Truth Itself, news that impacts your faith, family, and country. It's time for our Weird Fracts from Parade.com. Did you know that a snail can sleep for three years? (laughs) How do they do that with no food? The fear of vegetables is called lacanophobia. I've never heard of that word. It sounds made up to me. You can check them out as well at Parade.com if you want to. Bringing you news from LaPorte to LaGrange counties and Interstate 94 to US 24. This is Newsbeat Machina, your podcast of news and community information. News Source 1 Missiana, Elkhart, South Bend.